Hello, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Voice for February 2024. Our Heavenly Father, we pray now that the Gospel Voice will be a real blessing as it goes forward this month in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'm Brother Ricky Cothran, and I'm here from the studios of the GBI Radio Building, and we're recording the Gospel Voice for February 2024. And um, let me just say, uh, after prayer and consideration, I'm going to make an announcement today that uh, the Gospel Voice is our oldest ministry. It started in November of 1999. But we will be discontinuing the CD portion of the ministry after the month of May. So after the month of May, uh, this will be the last um, uh, CD uh, that we will be sending out on the Gospel Voice. And we'll be sending you a letter about that. Uh, the Gospel Voice started out, uh, and, and I could do music and play songs and then preach to you, and people like that. And the whole idea, the whole concept of it has really changed, uh, uh, you know, with the copyrights and music and all that. And maybe they've always been there, but we want to follow what is right. And uh, we, uh, we could still do church music and things, but uh, I just really don't have the time for it. Uh, to do it the way that it needs to be done, and it would be very time-consuming. So uh, we're going to end this part of the ministry. Now, I have not made a decision about the podcast as of yet, so I'll keep you updated in March and April and May. You'll get three more of these, March, April, and May, but we will be discontinuing these. For you missionaries, I, uh, I feel bad about it, but you also can download our GBI radio app, and as also electronics has tucked the day and changing, and you now have access to our ministries. So uh, this will be a change, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. You can get our messages by going to gbiradio.org, or you can write us, and we'll be glad to send you some of our messages free of charge uh, that way. And so uh, this is a decision that I've been thinking about for a long time, and we're having to make the decision. My, my health has not been good during December and January, uh, and so... Um, I'm just now getting back to uh, some sort of normalcy in my life here, and I've been through some uh, very trying times at the end of December and January with migraines, high blood pressure, and all that. And we've gotten that under control. The Lord and the doctors have helped me with that. And so we're looking forward to a good year here at GBI. And I want you to continue to be a part of our ministry. Download the GBI radio app. It is in the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. Go to our website at gbiradio.org. And uh, also, I want you to keep in mind, keep us in your prayers in these days. I've added two new radio stations to the Gospel Pulpit Weekly radio broadcast. I have added uh, 98.3 FM, WMTY, in Sweetwater, Tennessee. And we're on there uh, on Sunday afternoons, 4.30 to 5. So if you're ever traveling up or down I-75, or the I-40 area there near Knoxville to Chattanooga, you can get us there on that FM 98.3 at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. For those of you in the North Wilkesboro, North Carolina area, we've added a new broadcast, WKBC AM 800, and we're there 7.30 to 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And so we're glad to be there with you, folks. So we're continuing to add in the ministry. We continue to do. God continues to bless. We're continuing to get to preach in different churches, promote the ministry. And God continues to bless our efforts in these days. And I want to thank my wife and my staff here for just running things while I've been sick. And, of course, I've been running things, too, at home on the phone, taking care of some business and things. But I've, I've worked some days, and some days I've not been able to. But, uh, Lord willing, we're, we're back for the most part probably on a four-day-a-week schedule or something like that. Uh, for a little while until we see how we do. 
And uh, I'm recording this early February, so I've got a doctor's appointment here in a few days. They're going to be reading a scan for me, and I think everything's okay with that. Uh, my other doctor said he thought everything was fine with it, but I, I would ask you to pray for us. I'm 57 years old. I don't think I have any major health issues, but I'd, I'd love to stay doing this as long as I can stay doing uh, the preaching and the radio part. I'd love to stay doing it. Again, I regret the gospel voice, but I think that probably, to be honest with you, the ministry is outdated. It's time to move on to other things, and, and I appreciate it. We're, we're down to about 20 subscriptions on the CD, and it's just hard to get people to subscribe for it anymore. And uh, then we don't have the incentive of music and all that. And we want to be legal and right. Now, there are ways we could do it. It would just be more time-consuming. And even the podcast, uh, we, we could put more music on there, but it's time-consuming the way that the attorneys have laid it out that we have to do it. That would just be it. I just don't have the time to do that. And I'm involved in so many things, and, and our ministry has grown so much, and the radio and the preaching part's taking taking our, our energies on that. Please pray about some things. Please pray about, we have a special request in the ministry, the Lord knows what that is it needs to be answered and the lord knows what is then we have another request our our 90.9 fm wgbi i want you to pray that that get on the air pretty soon we are working on that feverishly to try to get that up and running so help us pray about that we had a little catastrophe during christmas we had a a snafu there and we may have told you on the last gospel voice one of our uh one of our some kind of box went out on our 95.3 antenna and we thought it was waterproof, and it wasn't some kind of part. And it co- uh, ended up costing about $4,000, I think, time we uh, paid the engineers and all that to, to put all that back. But the Lord's been good. He gave us a record share in the fall, and God's been good to us. And we praise the Lord for it. So we love you. If you want to write us, write, the gospel, uh, write to Gospel Broadcasting, Post Office Box 797, Dobson, North Carolina, 27017. I want to remind you that when you download the app or go to the website, you got three places you can listen there, WYZD out of Dobson, WCOK out of Sparta, and also our PTG Radio, which is our preaching, internet preaching station. you got those three all right, that you can listen to. So I certainly hope that you'll go to those and listen to them today. All right, let's pray together, and then I'm going to have a message for you from the Song of Solomon, chapter number 8, and I'm preaching this on the subject, Who is This? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this great day. I pray you take the message now. Use it for your glory. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the message from the book of Song of Solomon, chapter number 8 today. Now in your Bibles, we're looking in the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter number 8. Song of Solomon, chapter number 8, for our message of the Word of the Lord today. We'll read one verse, Song of Solomon, chapter number 8, and we'll read verse number 5. The Bible said, Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raise thee up under the apple tree, there thy mother brought thee forth, there she brought thee forth that bare thee. And <coughs> our fathers, we come to you, we thank you for the privilege of being uh, saved today and bringing this message of the Word of God. And I pray you'll use it now for your glory and help us in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when you're looking at the Song of Solomon, there are really three ways that you can use these scriptures. Number one, in its context, the Song of Solomon is talking about a man and his wife. Now, I want to say something, and I just uh, want to just go ahead and say this, that some people, I've heard this said, that that Song of Solomon cannot be taught in a public uh, setting. 
Uh, let me say that that is wrong, okay? The Bible said that the words, with an S on the end of it, of the Lord are pure words, Psalm 19. There is nothing in this Bible that cannot be taught in a mixed multitude. Here's the problem. Man has watched so many smutty little TV shows, and, 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 and our minds in America are so corrupted that we automatically go the wrong places in our minds when we think about some things. And so Song of Solomon can be taught in public. So it's a love story. And it, it's a good book for the home. It really is. And that's, that's its context. That's the correct interpretation of the book. Now, you can make some applications also to the Song of Solomon. I have never preached from it this way, but you could make an application of God and Israel. Now, that would be some interesting teaching. That would be some interesting preaching, uh, God and Israel, from the Song of Solomon. That would be interesting. Now, the third way you can use it is the most common way that we use it is an application or a type of Christ and the church. And that's how I want to use it today, Christ and the church. Now, Song of Solomon, chapter number 8, uh, verse number 5, finds Solomon and the, uh, the, uh, the Shulamite girl married. And now she's bringing him home to present him to her family. And as she brings him home to present him to her family, it's kind of sad. They don't even know who uh, he is. They don't, they, Solomon is the king of Israel, but they don't know who he is. Now, the thing is today, there's many people don't know who the Lord is today. Do you know that? That's right. But now, I want to notice some things. First of all, I see the church. Verse number 5, the Bible said, Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness? Now, they looked at her, and they had to question who she was. Now, she was from their hometown. She was their kin people, but they had to question who she was. How come they had to do that? Because there had been a change in her. I see the church. Let me say that every born-again Christian... Every born-again person has been changed by the grace of God. If you have not been changed, then you have not been converted. Now, let me say, you will not live perfect after you're saved, but I, I guarantee you there will be a change in your life. I'll guarantee you on that. Amen. I think some great verses. Now, the book of Psalms 107 was written about the children of Israel coming back from Babylon out of captivity. But, again, you can make application to the church here. Psalm 107, verse number 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Then in verse number 2 it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now it's talking about the children of Israel coming back from Babylon, but we also uh, came out of the hand of an enemy. We came out of the hand of the devil. Now let me say the devil was cruel to some of us. Amen. Now some of you, before you got saved, you got into a lot of stuff. And if I could invite you to come on the radio and give a testimony of the things you did before you got saved, uh, you'd be ashamed to do that. And by the way, you, you shouldn't talk about everything you did before you got saved. Don't get in church and stand up and testify, and in front of your wife and kids tell about every woman you ever had a relationship with and everything you ever did. Don't do that. That's not fair to them, all right? And if you're a lady, vice versa. Amen. And so the thing is, though, here, here's what happened uh, in the Song of Solomon. She's coming up out of the wilderness. Amen. The church came from a wilderness. Amen. Now, I, I think Psalm 107 explains this very, very good. Verse number 3. And gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. God's got saved people everywhere. He's gathered the church out of every four corners of the earth. Amen. There's going to be Africans saved, South Americans saved, Chinese saved, uh, Japanese saved, Americans saved. And we get the idea in America we're the only ones going to heaven. That ain't true, my friend. 
Oh no, let me remind you, there's a multitude of people that's going to heaven by the grace of God that's saved. There'll be people in heaven you've never met in your life, amen. There'll be Filipinos in heaven, there'll be Russians in heaven, there'll be Germans in heaven, uh, there'll be Iraqis in heaven, Iranians in heaven. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people, amen. It's going to be wonderful, amen. <clears throat> Ain't it going to be wonderful? The church comes out of the wilderness. Praise the Lord where we come from. Amen. Now, notice this, verse number 4, Psalm 107. The Bible said, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They all came the same way. There's nobody there's alone. Boy, you, you ever, did you feel alone before you got saved? They found no city to dwell in. Boy, I tell you what, they couldn't find nothing. They tried the dope, it didn't work. They tried the liquor, it didn't work. They tried the, the women, it didn't work. They tried the men, it didn't work. They tried the, the drugs, it didn't work. They tried religion, it didn't work. I mean, the lost people, some of them have tried everything. And I'm glad to report to you, you don't try Jesus, you trust Him. Amen. But I see the church here. I know we come through. He said, Who is this that cometh up out of the wilderness? Now these people are beginning to question. They see this man, this woman coming down the road. And it's her coming home, bringing her beloved, bringing her king, the king of Israel. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know who Jesus was. But they also did not know who, uh, they didn't know, they didn't know hardly who she was. She'd been changed. I want to say something here, and I've got to be careful how I say this. In this day and hour, people get offended so easy. But I say this, we need less rehabilitation and more conversion. Amen. We need less rehabilitation and more conversion. I'm going to leave that right there for now, but I'm going to say this to you, that every person in this Bible that got saved got changed. Amen. That woman at the well, she got changed, brother. And she went to the men and said, Come see a man that told me all things ever I did. That woman in John chapter number 8 uh, she got changed. She left her adultery. Amen. Uh, let me say that the Apostle Paul was a blasphemer and persecuted the church. And when he got saved, he went to work for God. Amen. And so I see the church here coming up out of the wilderness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Boy, some of you came from a very wilderness land, didn't you? Verse 5 of Psalm 107, it says this, Hungry and thirsty, they, the Bible said their soul fainted in them. Boy, there's discouraged. <clears throat> there's hungry. There, there's some of you are hungry for the real thing. Well, you've tried this contemporary religion. You've tried joining the church. You've tried being a good person. Boy, you've tried everything. Let me tell you what the real thing is, Jesus Christ. The real thing is realizing you can't do it on your own. The real thing is realizing you can't live it on your own. The real thing is coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and realizing you're lost without God and He died and was buried and rose again and He can take all your sin. He did take all your sin. And the real thing is asking Him to save you from your heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, the, uh, amen, she's coming up out of the wilderness, brother. The old, the old church has come up out of the wilderness. God, by the way, God, did you know that heaven's going to be full of bad people? Do you know it? You know, some people teach their kids good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. That's that's absolutely wrong. Did you know that? Why, heaven's hell's going to be filled with good people, and heaven's going to be filled with bad ones. Amen? And there's going to be murderers in heaven. Yeah, ex-murderers. They're going to be ex-drunkards. And Now you say, preacher, the Bible said no drunkard, no murderer in the kingdom. And that's exactly right. And I agree with that scripture because it's God's Bible. What that's saying is that you're not going to go to heaven with murder in your heart committing a murder, but you can get saved and get forgiveness from it. Amen. You sure can. There's not a sin out there you can't get forgive from except blaspheming the Holy Ghost of God. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, uh, there are people that have talked against the Spirit and sold their soul to the devil. Let's rightly divide the Word of God. That's what it means. 
Now, some people put that and said, oh, blaspheming the Spirit of God is turning the Lord down when He convicts you. That's not blaspheming God. We better get our Bible straight. We better get our theology straight. We're going to cause a lot of people to go to hell if we don't get this thing right. Amen? And the truth of the matter is, most of you have never blasphemed God to the extent that God's turned you over to the devil and made a reprobate out of you. To the extent God, God's, not, God's not turned. What, what, what somebody told uh, a preacher one time, said, I can't get saved. Said one of my family members told me that, I, that I'm beyond getting saved. Well, you, listen, let me tell you something. The devil loves that stuff. Because the devil's a liar, and he's a murderer from the beginning. Amen. And you can get saved. Amen. Uh, there, I, I'm, I may be speaking to some today that can't get saved. I may be speaking to some that's crossed God's deadline. I think you'll know it when you've crossed it. I don't think you'll want anything to do with God. Amen. And uh, I think there were men in the Bible that didn't want anything to do with God. I think Haman had, Haman had crossed God's deadline in the book of Esther. I think Pharaoh had crossed God's deadline in the, in the book of Exodus. Amen. But let me tell you this day that God is on His throne. Amen. And He's wanting to bring people up out of the wilderness. I see the church. Amen. He said, hunger and thirst, their soul fainting. Verse number 6, the Bible said, Then they cried unto the Lord. Right there it is, a picture of a lost man in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. What about that? Boy, I'm glad I cried. 46 years ago, I cried to God. Amen. Got saved by the grace of God. Ain't that wonderful? Amen. And by the way, notice in verse number 6 of Psalm 107, it used the word distresses with an S on the end of it. Amen. Boy, I tell you, a lost man got a lot of distresses. Got a lot of trouble, don't he? Verse number 7 says, And he led them forth by the right way. How about that? When you get saved, you'll go the right way. Amen. That they might go to a city of habitation. Well, how about that? Amen. Well, I'm going to go to a city of habitation, ain't you? Praise the Lord. Amen. I think about a man. He was a dear friend of mine. Some of you knew him. If you're listening in the radio area where he lived, and we're on the radio in that area. But I, I'm thinking about a dear friend of mine. He's in heaven now. His name was Joe. And Joe Joe uh, didn't understand things. Joe was uh, uh, religious, but Joe had never been saved. Joe put the gun up to his mouth, going to kill himself. And he called, and they said, we'll make you an appointment with the priest for 10 o'clock in the morning. Joe couldn't wait that long. But old Joe went to church, and he got saved by the grace of God. Joe said, I didn't know any better. He worked for eight months after he got saved in a liquor store. And Joe said, I didn't know. He said, he's putting tracks in the liquor, in the, in the selling the liquor, and he's putting tracks, and he didn't realize he didn't know he's doing anything wrong. And he went to church, and the preacher preached on it, and Joe got right with God. And boy, what a soul winner. Old brother Joe was. God changed him. God made something new out of him. Amen. I tell you, you think about your life. There's plenty of Joes out there listening to me today. And God made something new out of your life. God changed you. Amen. It's like the old violin. Amen. It needed the master's touch. It didn't play right. I mean, the devil's been playing you like a fiddle, boy. I mean, the devil get gets you, you know, he'll just thump you on the head and get you drunk and get you crazy and get you on dope and all that. But boy, when Jesus saved you, it changed you, didn't it? I mean, you ought to get excited about the change that was made in you. I see the church right here. Amen. You know what the church is? We're a bunch of saved people. We're a bunch of changed people. That's what we are. We were all sinners. We were all going to hell without God. And God loved us and saved every one of us. How about that? Ain't that good? I see the church. Now, secondly, if you've got your Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter number 8, verse number 5. Number 2, I want you to notice I see Christ in all of this. Now, the Bible said uh, in verse 5, said, uh, Who is this that coming up out of the wilderness? said, Leaning upon her beloved. Now, this girl, this girl's a type of the church, but yet she's leaning on somebody. 
Now, they couldn't figure out who that somebody was, but he was the king of Israel. They didn't realize it was King Solomon. And now, she's leaning upon her beloved. What's she doing? She's fully supported by her beloved. Amen. She's leaning on him. You know the old hymn we sing in our churches? Leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. The everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. I see Christ. Amen. Those arms are stretched out to you today, whether you're a sinner or whether you're a saint, whether you have problems or troubles or whatever you have, those, those arms are reached out to you. And you can lean on the everlasting arms. Amen. Today, as a Christian, as a born-again believing child of God, I can lean on God for every situation in life. I can trust God. You know, Hezekiah, <coughs> I think about Hezekiah. The Bible said there's no king that trusted God like Hezekiah. Well, I mean, Hezekiah trusted in God. You know, old Zanacharyob and old Rabshakeh, they sent that letter up there and said, we're going to take your land over. And um, boy, we're going we're gonna, to, and, and Hezekiah commanded his men, said, don't you even speak to them. And Hezekiah took that letter, and he took it in the house of God. He had opened the house of God back. His forefathers had closed the house of God. And they're supposed to have been good kings. There's, I mean, they weren't even heathen kings, Uzziah and Jotham. And they weren't even heathen kings. Well, Ahaz was. His daddy was. Finally, they produced a heathen king. But uh, his, his grandfather and great-grandfather were supposed to be godly men. But Uzziah got into it with 84 priests. And he got into a fuss with them. And, they, and he ended up, Jotham, closing the house of God. And, and Hezekiah opened that house of God back. And as he opened the house of God back, he went in there. And oh, he began to pray. And he spread that letter before the Lord. He spread that letter before God. And God heard his cry. You know what you ought to do? Just take your problem and just, just spread it before God. Just take, that, just take it and lay it out there and spread it before God. And when you got, and by the way, that's leaning on your beloved. Amen. Leaning on Jesus Christ. You've got to love him to lean on him. You know that? Old Apostle John, he leaned on him, didn't he? Let me give you some scripture right here. Well, first of all, Psalm 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for Him. You know, we're to rest in the Lord. I mean, there's things I can't change. There's things I can't do anything about it. But I just rest in the Lord. Amen. You know, this is a picture of, of a Christian just fully resting in the Lord. He said, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, Psalm 23 says. That's the idea of a satisfied sheep. Amen. All right, so now, let me show you John chapter number 13. The disciples all gathered around there, and Jesus said, One of y'all is going to betray me. And boy, it upset them. Oh, how it upset the disciples to think that somebody was going to betray the Lord. Somebody was going to uh, give him away. Somebody's going to turn him over to the multitude, but it had to be done. But I want you to notice what happened. And John will pick up in the story, John 13, verse number 22. The Bible said, Then the disciples looked one on another. The Bible said, uh, Doubting of whom he spake. Verse number 23 says, now there, was a, uh, now there was leaning on Jesus' breast one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And we know who that was. That was John, the Apostle John that wrote the book of John in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in Revelation. John always referred to himself in the third person as, 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 the, person, as the one who Jesus loved. He wasn't in it for fame and glory. He didn't promote his uh, doctor's degree. He didn't do anything. He, just, he, was, he wasn't in it for that. But you know what he was doing? He was leaning on Jesus' breast. He was just leaning. Now, here's what happens. Notice what happens in verse number 24. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. In other words, Peter's sitting there and Peter goes, John, 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 
Ask him who it's going to be. It's going to be. Ask him. Ask him who it is. Now, let me tell you why Peter had to go to John. Let me tell you why. You know why? Because John was closer to Jesus than Peter was. John was over there having fellowship with him. Peter was over there doing something else. That's why Peter denied the Lord. Peter thought he could stand. Peter had a lot of pride. You Remember, they just had the foot washing before that. And, uh, and Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet, Lord. And it was a type of, of the Lord showing him uh, what a servant was. And the Lord had to get to pride. He said, if I washed you not with me, you have no part. Wasn't talking about losing his salvation. But he's talking about you're not going to have no part of this fellowship. Brother, when you get pride, it cuts your fellowship off. Amen. And old Peter's over there and he's thinking, I can do it on my own. That's why he failed. That's why he denied God. But there's John. He's over there leaning on his breast. John's close to him. Boy, I see, the, I see Christ right here. I tell you, if we'd learn in this old world, lean on Christ. There's many of you, you facing things. Some of you is facing the, the surgeon's knife. And some of you is facing the judge's bankruptcy court. And some of you are facing jail time. Some of you are facing uh, a layoff on your job. And let me tell you something. Instead of getting a gun, shooting yourself, why don't you trust in the Lord? Why don't you just say, God, your will be done. Amen. I mean, you go out there and pull a gun on yourself and kill yourself while you're not doing your kids right. You're not doing your wife right. They got to live with that the rest of their life, my friend. That's a suicide's a coward's way out. I just want you to know that it's a coward's way out. But oh, let me tell you what, she was leaning on her beloved. She is trusting on him. Oh, she is so excited about that love and so excited about that marriage. She's just trusting on him. By the way, you ought to have trust in your marriage. Amen. But, it's, but as we type it to salvation, when you get saved, you ought to just trust in God. You ought to realize if God's big enough to save you, he's big enough to keep you. He's big enough to help you. He's big enough to take you through any kind of problem that you've got. Jesus Christ, just rest in the Lord. You say, well, preacher, that's easy for you to say. You don't know what I'm going through. No, sir, I don't. And some of you have been through things that I've never been through. But I've also been through things some of you have never been through. And I know by experience and I know by the Bible that we're to trust in God. I know that we're to a pastor. You need to trust in God about that church. Amen. If you're not careful, you can say it and you can plan everything out. One, one pastor said, he said, I went to preach for this fella. And he said he had a bunch of maps on the wall. And he said, I was curious, and I asked him, what are these? He said, oh, the preacher got excited. And he said, here's where we are now, and here's where we're going to be in a year from now, and here's where we're going to be in two years from now. He had it all planned out. The only thing wrong was, uh, he, he said, I'm going to give a five-year plan, five years, right? Here's where I'm going to be. And he had new buildings up there, and he's going to build and all that. In less than two years, that preacher was gone from that church. Brother, you cannot plan God. You don't know what God's going to do next. You just can't. Did you know our lives are in steps, not in plans? Did you know that? Amen. I mean, listen, my, my, I can't plan my life a year in advance. I can't do that. I don't know. Now, I can I can take meetings. Uh, somebody booked me the other day for a meeting. It's way far out, and I booked it. But I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, number one, the rapture may come. Number two, I may be sick or dead. I don't know. But, I mean, if, if the Lord will, I'll be there at that meeting. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, brother, I'm just going to let God. Amen. And so when we're working for the Lord, we ought to lean on our will to trust God. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. No, sir, we don't know. I mean, I didn't know things going to happen in my family the way they did. I didn't know my mama was going to get uh, dementia before she uh, died. I didn't know my daddy was going to die the way he did. I had no idea things going to work out the way they did. When I married my wife, I had no idea that, that we was getting ready to face some of those problems that we faced trying to deal with that with my parents. I had no idea all that was going to happen. I had no idea when I when me and my wife got married, I had no idea that we'd leave one church and go plant another church somewhere else. I didn't know that. 
You see, I don't know my life. The Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I don't consider myself too good. But I'll tell you this, if you'll lean on your beloved and let him order your steps. You say, preacher, where are you going to be next year? Well, I'm going to be leaning on my beloved. I'm just going to lean on the Lord. You say, preacher, what are you going to preach next year? Well, I'm going to lean on my beloved. I'll let God tell me. Amen. What to do? Amen. Where to go? You say, boy, I've got all my sermons planned for the next year. Well, God, you're leaving God no room. You're leaving the Holy Ghost no room. Amen. Let me tell you something. I see Christ as she leaned on her beloved. She's coming home. And boy, as she is coming home, they said, well, who is this? And they kind of figured out, I guess, that that was her. But they sure didn't know who that was with her. Boy, I tell you what, the world knows you've been changed, but they don't know who you got with you. They don't know who Jesus is. It's going to shock you, but it's going to get less and less in America. Now, America was a nation that was built on God. And America was a nation that was built on the Bible. But as we go down this road and as we, as we progress in these next few years, less and less people is going to know about Jesus Christ. Do you know you can talk to people right here? I'm not talking about going to Africa. I'm not talking about going to the Philippines. I'm not talking about going to Japan. Do you know you can go to people right here in America <clears throat> nowadays and they have never heard of Jesus Christ? They're not raised. We got, a, we got a western state out west. I believe it is the state of Washington. Now, I believe I'm right on this, and I've got nothing against that state. Thank God. There's some good fundamental Bible preaching church in Washington. But I believe it is about 3% of the state of Washington's all it professes. They, they have any kind of religion or any, any kind. They go to church at all. That Brother, that's not a third world country. That's here in the United States. Let me say this to you. The answer is winning people to God. Somebody said, well, the liberals and the left is taking over. Win them to the Lord. Win them to God. Win them to Jesus Christ. If the answer ain't politics altogether. The answer is win them to God. Get them saved. Amen. Get Lean on your beloved. Trust God. Amen. Well, number one, I see the church. Number two, I see Christ. Number three, I see the cross. Now, I want you to notice this. Amen. Look back in verse number five. He said, I raise thee up under, what's this, the apple tree, a specific apple tree. Now, wait a minute. The word raise means arouse. Now, uh, as, as they were coming back, going to home, Solomon saw an apple tree or the apple tree. And that apple tree had a special place, for it was theirs where he met his, his love. There where he met his dove, amen, his precious one. That's where he met her. And apparently she was asleep under that apple tree, and he woke her up, he aroused her, he stirred her up, amen. And so, you see, that I see that apple tree, not a apple tree, he said the apple tree. That apple tree had special significance. You know what that is? I see the cross. Praise God, you know where I got aroused about salvation? Preachers preaching the cross. Amen, the cross. Amen. Well, the cross has a lot of suffering and shame, but thank God for the cross. The cross is the Christian's banner. The cross is the Christian's flag. Amen. That's, that's our flag. That's our banner, the cross. Uh, the fellow that wrote that old hymn, The Old Rugged Cross, on a hill far away uh, stood a old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Amen. And I love that old cross for the dearest and best, for the world of a world of lost sinners was slain. Our Lord had to go to that cross. Amen. I love the cross, don't you? He, he, he raised her up. By the way, you'll never get saved unless you're roused by God, unless you're raised by the Holy Spirit of God, boy. And you know what that is? That comes from preaching around the cross. Now the word cross is found in your King James Bible 28 times. The word cross is found 28 times in the Bible. Luke 23, 33 says this, And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the uh, right hand and the other on the left. Now, we always assume that the sinner went to hell from the left hand and the thief that got saved went was on the right hand. And I believe that according to the reading of the verse because it put the right hand first. 
But let me say this to you. Jesus went to the cross in between two sinners. Now let me tell you a little bit about the cross. What the cross was, the Romans crucified them in groups of three. And they, the vilest offenders got the cross. That was the equivalent of the death penalty today. Now, on that on thief number one that, that went to hell without God, they wrote his uh, crime up there and put it over his head, his, his, uh, his superscription. They put it over top of him. On thief number two, the man that got saved, they still wrote his crime also. Now, on Jesus Christ, by the way, they always hung the vilest thief in the middle. Now, when it come to Jesus Christ, they couldn't find anything to write about him. And so they wrote this, a pilot wrote, this is the king of the Jews. Well, that upset the Jews, and they said to Pilate, they said, don't write that he's the king of the Jews. Write, he said he's the king of the Jews. I don't believe Pilate got saved. I believe Pilate was a religious man. I believe Pilate's in hell today. But, but Pilate said this, what I have written, I have written. God uses lost people to do his job sometimes. And as people come by that way, there were three ways met. Uh, I believe it was, it was written in three different languages. And Jesus up on that cross, it said, this is the king of the Jews. Brother, he died sinless. He, 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 he had not, not only did he not commit any sin with those two, and he wasn't part of their gang. I mean, he was numbered with the transgressors. He had never committed any sin. Think about that. He had never one time had a bad thought. He had never committed a sin. He had never one time did Murray wrong. He never one time did his uh, did Joseph wrong. He never one time did his brothers wrong. When he's working in the carpenter shop, he never cut a board wrong. He never mashed his finger. He never mashed his thumb. He never made a mistake. I mean, they live they live with the perfect God. Hey, you think about that, Amen. And now, brother, what what do you see? I see the cross. And boy, now he's hung on the cross for our sin. Amen. Christ is hung on the cross for our sin. He said, I raised thee up under the apple tree. Thank God there's a tree in my life. And one, one fellow wrote the song about the tree God grew for me. Boy, that little seed was planted in the ground. And that tree began to sprout. And God said, right there's going to be Calvary. The old devil probably come over there and said, I'm going to destroy that. And God said, you keep your hands off that, Mr. Devil. You keep your hands off that. That's the tree that Jesus is going to be hung. As a matter of fact, he probably didn't even tell the devil where it was. Amen. Brother, the devil would have destroyed that tree. That tree began to grow. And as that tree began to grow from heaven, Jesus looked down on that. And he said, right there's a tree I'm going to die on. One day that tree was about grown, and uh, Jesus lived 33 and a half years, about 33 and a half years before. Before, God said, all right, time for you to be born. And he was virgin born, and he grew up uh, a carpenter. He knew something about wood. And brother, when he come over there to that cross, he knew exactly when that tree got cut down, when it got made into a cross. You know why? Because God knows everything. Jesus Christ knew all about that. And he went to the cross for you and me. How about that? One fellow said, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. When he was on the cross, all of us were on his mind. Amen. We're on his mind. Amen. Why? Because there had to be a cross. had to be a tree. Amen. Amen. There had to be a tree. Boy, I tell you, I thank God for the cross, don't you? The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1, 17, he said, For Christ sent me not to baptize. Right there, man, don't go to heaven by baptism. No, sir, if your church is teaching baptism, they're teaching a lie. And you need to get out of that church and find you a real church to go to. The Bible said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. I'm going to tell you what, it's not about your intellect today. It's not about how smart you are in the Bible. I mean, we're raising a generation now. The more they learn, the, they major on the smarter we get in the Bible. Well, now, wait a minute. We ought to grow in the Bible. But it's not about reaching your mind or your mental capacity. What it's about is reaching your heart. 
Have you ever been saved? You can know every book in the Bible. You can have an outline on every book in the Bible. You can still, I'm talking to some fellow today, probably talking to some preacher. You're lost. You've never been saved. Why, well, brother, you, uh, you know, uh, you can preach in every book of the Bible, but if you've never been saved, amen, if you've never been saved, you're not going to go to heaven. Amen. You must bow, on your, uh, bow your head and ask God to save you and realize you're a sinner. That's how you get saved. And so now we see there was two. There's three men on the cross. One man was dying in his sins. Now, that man on the left hand, he, and I believe he's on the left hand, that, that man, he did not want forgiveness. He did not want forgiveness. You know what he wanted? He, wanted, he, said, he said, if thou be the Christ, he said, come down, save thyself and us. You know what he, you know what he wanted? He wanted Jesus to deliver him so he could get out and keep on sinning. That's what he wanted to do. And God didn't do that. Now, the other man on the right hand, he knew something about God somewhere. He knew something about God, and I'll tell you how I know he did. Because he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You see, he had heard something about the kingdom of God. Maybe he had heard Jesus teach. Maybe he had heard him preach when he was there when he fed the 5,000. Maybe he was there when he raised Lazarus. I don't know where this man had heard. But let me tell you something. You know what he did right there? He got saved. Somebody said, well, preacher, I don't believe in deathbed repentance. Well, you better read the Bible. That man was as close to being on his deathbed as anybody I've ever seen, but he repented. He got saved by the grace of God. There's one dying in his sins. And then there's the other one over there all the way across from him. He's dying dying, uh, from his sins. It wouldn't be too long. Wouldn't be too long. He'd be. Jesus said, "Today shall thou be with me in paradise." You're gonna die, and they're gonna come by and break your legs in a little while. And you're gonna die. And now they didn't break Jesus' legs, but they break those other two's legs so they couldn't push up and get their breath. And Jesus gave up the ghost. He he he, he gave up. He uh, the death. When he, whenever he decided to die, he gave it up. Death didn't have to come and get him. But death came and got them other two. One died in his sins. He went straight to hell. The other one went straight to paradise. And then Jesus died, and he went into paradise where that thief was. Amen. Oh, let me tell you something to you. I, I bore the cross. He said, he said, I, I, he said I, I, there's an apple tree where I rouse thee up. Well, I'm glad the Holy Ghost of God began to rouse me when I heard preaching about the cross. You say, I've not heard, had anybody saved in our church in so long. I'll ask you a question. Are you preaching the cross? Are you preaching Jesus? I found that out in the last church I pastored. I found that out, boy. I went to preaching Jesus. I tell you what, in my young days, I preached a little bit of everything. And by the way, I preach a lot on the doctrines of the Bible and, and how the church ought to be. And I, I've spent a lot of years preaching that and trying to help the church. But I tell you, in my latter years, I'm realizing if you want to see people get saved, you've got to preach the cross. Now listen, you, you, somebody said, I just preach the gospel. Now wait a minute. To you preachers who say that, saved people already have the gospel. They don't need the gospel. They need to be fed. Now, lost people need the gospel. Let's get it right. You preach the gospel to lost folk, and you preach the feeding messages to saved people. Let's rightly divide the Word of God, all right? And we get that out of, out of kilter, we're going to be in a mess. So, brother, when you start preaching the cross, people will get saved. And people will come, I got you. and it won't be you. You say, oh, preacher, the day's too hard. Nobody's going to get saved. Well, somebody sold you a false bill of goods, brother. Because there's not been a preacher nowhere that if you preach Christ, somebody will get saved somewhere. Amen. I know a preacher friend of mine, and I wasn't a close friend to him, but I knew who he was, knew him, and, and, uh, he, and, and he, was, he was a great man. But he was riding down the road one day, and you'd have to understand this man. He just obeyed the Holy Spirit of God. He told his driver, said, stop right over there. The man pulled the car over. The man got out in the middle of a field. 
and jumped up on a stump and preached for about 30 minutes or an hour, just pre- just cut loose and just preached. He got back in the car and said, okay. And they went on down the road. That night, that man was preaching revival meeting. And uh, he gave an invitation. There's a, a lady come. And she got saved. And he said, well, ma'am, said, uh, and she said, oh, I'll tell you how I got saved. She said, boy, the Lord troubled me. He said, I was sitting on my front porch this morning at about certain, certain time. It's the same time that preacher was preaching on that stump. And she said, there's a man over yonder somewhere said, he's a preaching Jesus. He said, I don't know where he was. He's over there across the woods somewhere. I heard him preaching Jesus. He said, he got me under conviction. I figured if I was ever going to get saved, I better come tonight and get saved. He said, just to be honest with you, preacher said, it sounded a whole lot like you. Oh, it was that preacher. Listen, you don't know where you're going to re- I'm on radio. God's blessed me to be on radio somewhere every day of my life. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know I'm preaching to some lost people. I know I'm preaching to some people that need the cross. Boy, you need God to rouse you under the aperture. You need to be shaken about your sin. There's some of you, you got Sunday school pens five mile long. It'd take people to have to carry them like a like carrying a, br- a bride's train on her wedding gown. It'd take people to have to carry your Sunday school pen. But you know what? You'll die and go to hell with that stuff. You'll die and go to hell being an outstanding member of the community. You'll die and go to hell trusting in your riches, my friend. Oh, there was a man told uh, a friend of mine, he said, I've got enough money to buy. And he named a piece of heaven. He said, I've got enough money to buy that. He found out his money wasn't no good. Friend, God don't look at money. Money stinks in God's eyes. Why, the Bible said that the, that, uh, the, 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 the street of gold is going to be made out of, uh, the streets come made out of gold. And that's the cheapest thing there. And we're going to walk on that. Oh, my friend, I'm asking you today, are you saved? I see the I see the cross. She got stirred up. She got roused up under that apple tree. First Corinthians one eighteen said, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God." Now, what I'm doing today is foolish to you. If you're lost, you know what you're listening. You said, "I don't listen to that." I'm going back and get me some more liquor. Well, there'll come a day you can't drink liquor. You may have a stroke and can't swallow anymore. What are you going to do then? You say, I'll, I'll go back and have him more relationships. Well, there'll come a day I'll shoot the dope. There'll come a day you won't be able to do that, sir. There'll come a day, ma'am, you won't be able to do that anymore. And then what are you going to do when you die? You say, preacher, I'm going to live a while. How do you know that? Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. You may never live to see to see next week. If you're listening to the weekly broadcast, you may never live to listen to another broadcast next week. Amen. If you're listening to the uh, daily, you may live to, to never see tomorrow. Listen, you don't know. This may be your last radio preacher. This may be the last message you'll ever hear. And boy, I tell you what, I see the cross right here. He named the apple tree. It ain't just any cross. It's the cross of Calvary. You've got to realize that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for you and call out to him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible said that again, they cried in their distresses in Psalm 107. Amen. I see the cross right here. Amen. Then number four, I see the conversion. I see the conversion. Watch this in verse number five. The Bible said, um, Here thy mother brought thee forth. Here thy mother brought thee forth. Now there's a place. You know where that girl got, got, she got born under that apple tree. She had a physical birth under that apple tree. But you know what? The church had a spiritual birth under the cross. Amen. Did you know I was born once? To die twice. In 1966, I was born. I was born in this world. This body began dying. The 25 minutes after 12, on a Monday morning, I was born. And brother, the very immediately I was born, death got on my trail. And for the past 57 years, death has been trailing me. 
I don't know, but the casket, they're going to bury me in, could be in the funeral home right now. I don't know, the grave diggers could be polishing up their equipment, getting ready to dig my grave today. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know that. Now, I hope not. I hope I live a long more time. Amen. But let me tell you something. Amen. But let me tell you, you know what? Hey, listen, death got on my trail. I was born once to die twice. Boy, I had a death sentence hanging on me. But January 22nd, 1978, I was born twice to die once. Amen. I got saved. The first birth, my mama told me about it. I don't remember it. The second birth, I told my mama about it. Amen. The first birth, amen, brought me into a world of sorrow. The second birth brought me into a world of heaven. Amen. Oh, let me tell you something, brother. I see the conversion. Your mother brought you forth. You know what? Hey, she was born under that apple tree, but I've had a spiritual birth. I want to ask you today, have you been born again? I never forget a man. I won't call his name on the radio. When I was pastoring a church, I, I'd preached one Sunday morning. This man was visiting in our church, and I told his story to a preacher the other day. This man was visiting in our church, and, and, uh, and, and a fine man. You wouldn't meet a finer man than this man. And he listened to me preach on Sunday morning. I came back on Sunday night, and I preached again. And at the end of the service, a man walked upon the platform, and he said to me, he said, Preacher, he said, I believe I need to be baptized. Well, when people say that to me immediately, I want to talk to them because I don't know if everything's right or not. I said, let's go talk about that. We sat down in the Sunday school room. We began to talk. I said, has there been a time you've been saved? He said, I'm not sure about all that. Well, he said, you know, Preacher, I said, you need to get saved. He said, okay. And uh, we bowed our head. He prayed. I didn't pray for him. He prayed. And he said, the Lord saved him. I got so excited, I turned the lights out on him and left him in there by himself. But I made my mind up. I made my mind up. I said, I ain't telling nobody this man got saved. I ain't tell, I'm going to see what happens. I ain't going to tell anybody he came out. He was visiting his mother and father-in-law there. I, w- I wasn't going to tell anybody about that man getting saved. I wasn't going to say a word. I went to the house. I told my wife, I said, I ain't saying nothing. Monday went by. Tuesday went by. And I think I talked to the father-in-law maybe before church on Wednesday night. And he said, man, did you know so-and-so really got saved Sunday night? I said, well, he said he did. He said, man, he has been telling everybody. He said he's been calling back to his home state, telling people he got saved. I said, that's wonderful. And uh, so on Wednesday night, I came in and I walked up to him. He was there. And I said, now, brother, I said, you need to do one other thing if you got saved Sunday night. I said, I, I said you need to really confess it to the church and tell the church. He said, all right. I said, now, I'm going to go up here and lead a song. I was leading the singing that night. And I said, I'm going to lead a song. And I said, now, when I get through, I, I'll let you know when to come. He said, okay. And I have no side vision out my uh, side. So I went up there and got my song book ready, got ready to lead my song. And before I ever started the song, I looked. He was with me, standing there on the platform at the pulpit, standing there with me i just stopped everything never did leave the song right then i just said go ahead i said he's got something to say he said i was going to tell y'all i got saved somebody told me not too long ago said he's still telling people he got saved now brother that's a conversion amen i mean listen christ pointed out to her the place where she got physically born every once in a while the holy ghost takes me back to calvary does god ever take you back to the place where you got saved you say, preacher, I just can't remember when I got saved. Well, you may not got saved. You say, preacher, I, I, I've run into this a lot. Well, I ask the Lord to save me every day. No, sir, you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. I don't go down to the hospital and ask to be born every day. No, sir, I don't say, I don't say uh, would, you, would you please let me be born one more time? I want to get born every day. I want to get born. No, that's, that's crazy. No, no, you only get born again one time. Somebody said, I've been saved three times. No, sir, no, no truth in that. You get saved one time, one time only. That's it. Amen. One time. You say, well, what do I do if I backslide after I get saved? You're still saved. You can't lose your salvation. That doctrine's not taught in the Bible. Amen. I want to help you about that. Amen. Listen to me. I see the conversion. You know, the problem is, I, I don't know if people's had true conversions or not. Have you had a, you say, preacher, I, I just got back in church. That don't make you a Christian. 
You say, preacher, we just got our family together and took a vote and decided to be a Christian. That don't make you a Christian. No, brother, but when you get a conversion, when you get a change, amen. I mean, listen, something happened under that apple tree. When you get a conversion, then that's where you're changed at. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done. He said, But according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Let me explain it like this to you. When Adam sinned in the garden, he died right then. Now, wait a minute. Adam did not physically die, but he died spiritually. Adam was in perfect fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And the Lord God came walking in the cool of the day. That's Elohim. All of them was walking with him. And when Adam took a bite of that fruit, and his wife gave it to him, and Adam went into that knowing what it was, Adam died. He died right then. Right then later on, after 900-some years, he died physically. But you know what is renewed in a man when you, you're born in this world a sinner? You're not, you're not born a saint. You're not born a Christian. I want you to understand that you are born a sinful Adam. That's what you are. Ever since Adam took that fruit, you're, you're a preacher. There ain't no hope for man. But wait a minute. Yes, there is. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to renew you. And when you got saved, that spiritual part was renewed in you. It has to be renewed in every person. You have to be renewed, amen? And when I got saved, that spiritual part, now I have that fellowship that Adam had in the garden. Now, I don't have a garden to live in, and one day I'll go to heaven, and I have this old robe of flesh to contend with. I, I'll never get rid of it until I leave this world. But I'll tell you what I do have. I have. I have. The spiritual side in me has been renewed. Amen. I have somebody in there walking with me and somebody talking with me and somebody telling me that I'm his own. Amen. And the joy we share is we tarry there. None other's ever known. Amen. I have that. Amen. I have that joy. Amen. Now, number five, I see this. I see the church again. I see the church again. Notice the Bible said, There she brought thee forth. That bear thee. Again, he's talking about that apple tree. And he's telling her, he said, Now, your mother brought you forth. And then he's saying, There she brought thee forth that, that bear thee. It looks like he's repetitive, but he's not. He's trying to get a point across to her where she was born at. Let me say this. By the way, who aided in her birth? Her mother. She couldn't have got born without a mother. Amen. Now, this is where I see the church again. Did you know a Christian, you can't be a Christian, and you can't be saved. You can't be born again. You can't be saved without somebody uh, uh, sharing the gospel with you. Did you know that? The Bible said, How shall they hear without a preacher? And in the book of uh, Nahum, and in the book of Isaiah, and in the book of Romans, it talks about how beautiful are those that preach the gospel. I believe this. I believe that preaching is the tool that works. Amen. I believe we need to work to get people under preaching more. I hate to say this, but I, I, and I, I believe you can lead a man to the Lord. My mama got saved at a house. My daddy got saved in a Volkswagen. I understand, or excuse me, my uncle got saved in a Volkswagen. I understand that. But, 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 but they had already heard the gospel. I, I believe there's a lot of people that maybe have been won through the screen doors, never been won through heaven's door. And I believe you need to get people in church. I believe you need to get them under the preacher. I believe you need to let get them under the Word of God. The Bible said, how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, somebody said, that's a soul winner. No, that's not what the Bible said. Amen. The Bible ordained preaching. That's why I'm preaching in your church, wherever you attend. Your preaching ought to be number one. Let me say again, I, I, whatever you do in your church is your business. But I'll say, I'll say this again on the radio, and I'm going to say it real kind. Because people get mad at Brother Ricky, and it hurts my feelings when you get mad at me. Amen. I don't like that. Amen. Uh, let me know. I don't guess it hurts feelings, but I, I don't like it. Amen. I don't want you to get mad at me. 
But let me tell you something. Preaching will do what a play and a drama will not. You say, preacher, we'll draw me. We're going to present the God. But it ain't what God said. God said he chose preaching. God said, I chose preaching. I chose the foolishness of preaching. You know what I'm doing today is to the world's foolish. You know, you say, well, preacher, you can reach more people if you get you a podcast and talk to them. That ain't what God said for me to do. You say, preacher, you'd reach more people if you just went on some video and just sat down and had a, 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 a fireside chat with them. That ain't what God said for me to do. No, brother, God's not in all that stuff. God said for me to preach. God called me to be a preacher. Amen. God's called the church to win people to God. God's called our churches to preach. God's called our... By the way, our churches used to put emphasis on winning people to God. I'm glad. The Maple Springs Baptist Church in 1975... I'm glad they had an emphasis on going out and trying to get people to church. I'm glad they begged. They pleaded with my daddy to come to the house of God. I'm glad they did that. My mom had already been under preaching. Amen. They wanted God. I believe if you've been under preaching, you can get saved anywhere. Amen. But I believe this. I, 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 believe, I believe we need some more. We need the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Listen, the church needs to go after sinners. Now listen, I believe in missions. We're supported. Our ministry is supported by churches. And I believe in that. I believe that's good. But I, but I want to say this to you. If you think that you're going to put $20 in an offering plate, in a missions offering every week, and that excuses you and me from witnessing to people, we're wrong. Brother, God's been dealing with me more than ever about witnessing to people, sharing the gospel with people. You say, preacher, if I do that, people will get mad at me. They probably will. But I'll tell you, God, God put us here. Some of them got mad at Jesus. But guess what? Some of them got saved too. Amen? Some of them got right with God. I was preaching. You tell me preaching don't work. I was preaching three Sundays. I didn't realize that this lady, I, I realized something was wrong in this lady's life, but I, I didn't know what all was going on. And I don't make it my, it's not my business. That's the Holy Ghost. But I was preaching three Sundays in the book of Luke chapter number 15 on the lost coin, the lost sheep. And I got down to the prodigal son the last Sunday. And uh, that morning, amen, there's a lady in our church. She got gloriously born again. She got saved by the grace of God. And I asked her later about, about her salvation. She said, well, preacher, I'll tell you, she said, you began preaching those three Sundays. And she said, for the last three Sundays, the Holy Ghost has been convicted. I'll tell you, preacher, something. Preach Sunday where he tells you to preach. Not where you say, well, I've got this series. Don't worry about that series. You Now, listen, I'm not saying don't be prepared. Now, I'm not. By the way, if you're disciplined, you can preach any part of that Bible. Amen. Somebody said, I preach on series. It keeps me on track. If you're disciplined, you'll stay on track anyway. Amen. Amen. You'll, you'll, you'll be all right if you're disciplined, schooled in the Word of God. And if a series is the way God lets you preach, it's okay. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying be careful and make sure that God's message is preached in that pulpit. It's so important. It's so important. Billy Kelly was a great evangelist, and some of you may have knew uh, Brother Kelly. Billy Kelly was a great evangelist. So Billy Kelly said one night I was going to a meeting, and he said, I knew there'd be a drunk man there, so I preached on the prodigal son. And he said, sure enough, that drunk man came, and he got saved by the grace of God. And he said, we shouted about that, and we praised the Lord about it. So I was back over there in the hotel room, said I was praying. And he said, God said, Billy, he said, that's good that man got saved tonight. But he said, if you'd have preached the message I gave, you said there'd have been a whole lot more of them got saved. Listen, I'm afraid we've all missed it from time to time. We've not preached what the Lord has given us. Amen. But listen, it is our job to preach. Amen. She, he, he, he said there in verse number five, he said, there she brought thee forth. Uh, 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 he said, there she brought thee forth that bear thee. Amen. I mean, listen, the church, we, we got to get back to birth and sinners. Our baptistries have been too, and I'm not talking about baptizing people to go uh, to go to heaven. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about we ain't getting enough people saved to even run the baptistries. We, we ain't getting enough people saved in our churches. 
And we're using for excuse, the day is hard. And it is. We're living in a day of demonism. But that's where prayer and fasting comes in. We've got, we, we've got to defeat the spiritual world by using spiritual weapons. We're trying to defeat the spiritual world by entertainment and gimmicks and tricks and a new thrill and uh, some new program at the house of God and some new way to psychologically get them in so we can work on their intellect. And I'll tell you what God's thinking about all that. God's sitting in heaven just about to puke. He said the Laodicean church. Laodicean church was lukewarm. Is lukewarm. Amen. And brother, God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And talking about, it's not talking about losing your salvation there. Amen. But listen, God wanted to puke at that church. How, 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 how was it? Wasn't cold or hot? God said, I wish you was cold. I'd rather you be backslid as a devil than to be like you are. But our church today is just lukewarm. And we're just sitting there. I, oh, we need some people saved. Pastor, you need to pray on Saturday. God will save some on Sunday. We need the, we need the power of the Holy Ghost when we preach again. Amen. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then, then it says this, my friend. It says this, amen. Uh, also in, in Matthew 28, 19. Uh, 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 let's see here. Where am I? Yeah, verse number 20. Teaching them uh, to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Then I want to leave you with this last verse I want to close with. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know who God trusted the gospel with? Us. God didn't trust an angel. Now somebody said, I've seen a vision of the Virgin Mary. You need to quit smoking dope. Let me tell you something, brother. God don't work in visions. and God don't work in dreams. Now, I, I, God did at one time. But God works through the Bible and through the Holy Spirit. I have given you the plan of salvation today. If you reject this message, you'll die and go to hell without God if you don't get saved somewhere along the way. My friend, you keep putting that off and you'll die and go to hell without God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, preacher, how do I get saved? You realize you're a sinner. Realize you can't go to heaven on your own. You realize Jesus died and buried and rose again for your sins and you call on Him and you'll be saved. Would you do that? I see the church. And by the way, we as Christians, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You can say that about your church. If you're doing everything under the sun to try to rehabilitate people, to try to get people, but if our gospel be, what's the gospel? The death, burial, and the resurrection. We want to have a lot of ministry in our churches. I know this is going to make some people mad. We want to have a lot of ministry and put a little bit of gospel in it. Why don't we have a lot of gospel and we wouldn't have to put so much ministry in it? Amen. Father, take this message and use it for your glory. Help us in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen.